Hello and welcome to this episode of the coaching podcast from British Canoeing. Hi then, so welcome to today's uh, coaching podcast and today I'm joined by Andy Penlurik. Um, so Andy, can we just start by setting the scene a little bit? So tell us a little bit about what your role is in the world-class program, you know, and how long you've been doing it, that kind of stuff. So fill us in a bit on the background to yourself. Okay, hi Sid. Uh, yeah, so my role now is as uh, head coach for the under-23 team. Okay, and how long have you been doing that? Uh, only since March, the start of okay. March this year, so it's uh, very new. And then, But you've been involved in the, the um, world-class programme for a while? How long have you actually been coaching on the world? So, prior to that, I was, uh, for a couple of years, I've been one of the, uh, what was the podium potential coaches, they were called, but that was basically working with the under-23 still on the okay. men's kayak side. And so who, who is it you, what, what sort of, do you have a specialist distance or uh, athletes who are you working uh, with? I mainly work with the, the longer thousand metre athletes okay. um, on the kayak, but um, I do do some work with some of the other, with some of the, the women's paddlers and some of the canoe paddlers as well. Okay, so we'll, we'll hopefully unpack that a little bit in, in, in a bit, find out a little bit about about what your day-to-day -day role is. But so what we're trying to do in this little series really is just um, finding out how you ended up doing what you're doing, really, uh, and, and, and a little bit more about, um, about your role. Pretty, pretty light touch, really. But um, so if you start, I'm guessing you started as a paddler. Is that right? Were, were you a paddler? Was that you? I was a paddler, yeah. So I, I first uh, got into canoeing through, uh, through scouts. I was in scout, okay. and it just so happened that my scout leader was uh, was into his canoeing a lot, and had been a an ex race marathon racer, um, and he must have spotted the talent, obviously, and uh, was dripping off you, yeah, <laughs> and uh, encouraged me to come to uh, yeah come across to uh, <clears throat> to do canoeing a lot more. So, what sort of age was that? Was that so scouts were? I think he's about about eleven years old. Oh right, so, so really little. Yeah, and I started mainly as a, as a recreational paddler to start with for a few years, a couple of years, uh, and then um, actually got into into slalom. Okay. Yeah, so I was a, a kayak slalom paddler to start with and made my way up through the divisions as a junior. Um, but then got to the stage where uh, I was sort of in the high divisions and it was uh, uh, needed to be in North Wales and Scotland every weekend to compete and train and using the days before the the, the man-made courses so um and my, i just couldn't expect my parents to be driving me around the country so i uh, I, I switched to uh, to sprint and marathon racing and um, was that uh, kayaks canoes what sort of so you saw that slalom there with that slalom kayak back back in the slalom kayak i did a little bit of uh, c2 in that as well just had a play at that but um no i i started off initially uh, in kayak in sprinter mouth but very quickly moved to canoe just saw okay. it and thought fancy a go at that so um yeah and uh, that's, that's, I guess it's quite an interesting one so first of all what what first attracted you to so you had the opportunity for paddling through your scout leader but what was it that you first thought i'd give that a go or that's appealing to me what was the attraction um i think i just took to it naturally um i mean obviously the my scout leader, the coach, canoeing coach, he was he was very good and encouraging me. Um, but I just seemed to pick it up easily, naturally. I wasn't one of those people that just went immediately around in circles. I was able to go 
off in a straight line straight away. And uh, and, where, and where was this? Where where did you? What part of the world was this in? In Birmingham somewhere? Or yeah, this is in, in around Birmingham where I live and still live now. So yeah. Oh, cool. So uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued as to the what not because I don't think it's a good area of sport, but the canoe high nil canoe sprint looks incredibly challenging <laughs> so so when you saw that is that it was that the attraction of trying to 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 master that that challenging area or you know yeah i think it was i, I saw it and thought i fancy giving that a go and i tried it and and again for whatever reason i i picked it up quite quickly and didn't do a lot of falling out which i think probably helps um and uh yeah and got moving and got sort of quite good quite quickly so um Okay, and and what was it? What was it about the racing then? So you said you were recreation or, or or not into the competitive side initially. So what what was it about the racing? So slalom and then and then the sprint and marathon racing was it as well? Yeah, yeah. I I just I just been a competitive person. I think I'd always been in competitive sports school and uh, been one of four boys in my family four brothers you know, there's four brothers so okay. um, it was uh, there was natural competition between us it were, were, it, were any of them paddlers or was it was no it, they weren't no, no your thing no. they all were so, different sports so what about your journey what happened there did you keep paddling high nil canoe or i did so i kept paddling high nil canoe and uh yeah was in the senior team and um uh yeah it was going quite well um unfortunately i then picked up an injury to my kneeling knee and okay. uh, which uh, eventually forced me to, to have to stop and retire okay so what, what what was so that was obviously a bit of a disappointment i suspect but what was any any highlights that stand out from your racing career with any any bits so you'd look back and you think that was a highlight for me i really enjoyed that that, yeah. that competition um, or that spell that season obviously making the team when i made the team for, for some international races that was good um that was a highlight. Um, yeah, so it's difficult because, it's like I said, it's sort of tinged with the fact that I don't think I really reached my potential. Okay, agree that that's that's sort of the thing that. And, and uh, yeah, okay, so you were kind of maybe a bit bittersweet. You would like to have kept kept racing, but the knee, the kneeling knee being the injured one. Yeah, I, I felt I had more to go, so that, that's yeah. And it wasn't an option to transfer back to kayak. Or was that was was that sacrilege at the time? <laughs> it was just uh, too big a too big a gap to, to change. I think certainly for oh, okay. me at that time. Um, so, so so was were you coaching as well then, or or was that the trigger into coaching? How did you how did you become a coach? Well, I, I guess I sort of became a coach back almost back when I was doing the recreational stuff as a sort of an assistant leader through scouts and things like that, and sort of done some. Uh, beginners coaching in that respect um during the sort of latter years of my paddling i i went back to university as a mature student um so decided i wanted to do something on the more on the sports side um so i took the opportunity to go back to university and, and did sports science uh, and through that um i got into and my experience obviously as a paddler as i my knee started to give way i started I got asked by uh, the club I was at Royal Empton Spa at the time to if I could help with the juniors, junior canoe paddlers there, which was uh, which was good, um, and that helped 
yeah, that got me into coaching really and bringing them onto the junior team and then onto senior success as well. So, okay, so so is so how did that transfer then? So I'm I'm kind of interested. No, so you you backed out and then was that around the time you were starting to help out with the juniors or it's kind of all yeah, it all sort of happened at the same time. Sort of, I think because people knew I, I was injured and I couldn't paddle so much anymore. Um, they asked if I was willing to help out with the juniors. So, and what was the, did you enjoy the coaching then? So, I mean, obviously you must have done because you kept kept at it. So, what, what was the um, what was the um, the, the bit about coaching that that I think the, the thing that, I, suppose? I guess the, the thing was it was a mix. Uh, I guess it was a wanting to be still be involved in the sport because I loved the sport, um, and secondly, it was. Uh, trying to help make sure others didn't make the same mistakes that I did because when I started paddling there wasn't really much coaching around at all and I didn't get any coaching I was self-taught really in canoe uh, mm -hmm. most of the time um, and I think you know inevitably I made mistakes I think one of the problems was having been um, quite a, you know a pretty good slalom paddler and then having done some training in kayak sprint kayak um, I, I overdid it, it's probably the best way to describe it. When I started the canoe, I spent too long kneeling. I think that's what I did for my knee in the end, was that I spent too long on it too soon. Okay. Um, yeah, and probably an ill-fitting knee block because it was just one that I was given with the boat that I bought secondhand. So, all right. So you actually thought I, I, I'll, I'll, I can do a public service by staying involved in the sport, but also helping people not to make some mistakes. Did you? Yeah. I suppose there must have been. If it was, did you enjoy some early successes with some athletes, and then get that bug of actually helping people progress? And yeah, I think I was quite lucky because the, the juniors I picked up were already really good standard, um, and uh, you know, on the edge of the junior team, and naturally they moved into the to the junior team, went to junior world championships and Europeans and things. Um, and the sort of the better ones of that then carried on into, into senior, to the senior team. Mm -hmm. so, so if you think back to that kind of um, early, early years, what would, what would you say you've been the key learning as a coach when you, when you first started doing it, well, when you started to do a bit more regular coaching as opposed to, I suppose, ad hoc stuff earlier on? I guess the... One of the main things I learned was about that every athlete is an individual and you've got to treat them as such and provide a program for them as such. And that's not to say that every single athlete gets a totally individual time slot on their own with me as a coach or whatever. It's about identifying what each athlete needs and then where necessary them having individual sessions. But quite often individual things can be worked on still in a group, but it's just okay. identifying what that athlete needs within a group. Um, and I think along with that, it's it's about listening to people, listening to athletes, listening to other coaches, learning from both of those, you know, the athletes and the coaches, and understanding that the, the best way for me is, is through teamwork. You got to have it, it's got to be a collaborative effort around an athlete to help them get the best, you know, as as good as. Coaches may think they are. I think there's always benefit in getting the advice and support of other people and specialists, um, you know, that are available to you. So I'm, I'm always open to uh, 
information from people, advice from people, their thoughts, their opinions, because it's quite easy, I think, sometimes when you're so close to athletes that you miss the bigger picture and can miss things. Mm -hmm. So I think people can quite often spot things. You know, I've had people spot things who, you know, they're not even canoe coaches, but they've gone, they've asked a question and it's just started the, the brain whirring and thinking, and thinking actually they've got a point there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, that's that individualization. That's a, a real kind of key for me to to good coaching is the ability to 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 understand the athlete and and to tweak to tweak stuff to help. I suppose it help the engagement with them as well because if it's their program, they're more likely to kind of to really commit to it if if they feel that it's um, an individualized approach rather than a team training session. Yeah. <laughs> How do you help with the goal setting? You know, is that is that been a, a key part over the years? You know, in terms of understanding what the athlete wants, really wants. It has, yeah. I mean, it's obviously key, isn't it? You got to know what an athlete wants and make sure that you know you help them chase whatever that is. Um, um, yeah, I mean, you've got to have a good get to know them as well, really well first. I think so you can understand them properly, and because um, you could make all sorts of. Um, goals about being Olympic champion but if you there should be other goals that there's going to need to be a lot of other goals before you get to that one so it's it's, it's it's the appropriate goals at the appropriate time at the right level to to not be easy but not be too hard so that they're achievable with uh, yeah hard work. yeah that kind of aspirational but also attainable and 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 that will help keep you motivated yeah and I get some of this I've learned from um, from mistakes I guess I made when I first started coaching if I go back to those juniors I started looking after um, I did the classic right I've got a group of junior canoe paddlers here's the plan mm. it was the same plan for all of them even though they they were at in hindsight they were at different stages you know they were spread over two years of two different you know two years different in age um and it, yeah, I just did the classic, right? Here's a plan. Boom. We're all doing this. And it's just in hindsight, it wasn't, you know, it worked for some and not for others. And yeah, yeah. So for some, it might have been too much. Other ones, maybe not enough. Yeah, yeah, precisely. So. so, so how do you manage? How did you manage? How did you, you know, so that's obviously you've had some sort of period of reflection on all of those. You know, is that is that a key part of your coaching? reflection thinking about what you're doing <laughs> yeah I, I consider myself a, a a pretty thoughtful sort of person i like to you know think about things and mull them over and examine them and have a good look at the data and stuff like that if it's available and just yeah and, it, and even sort of like i've said before you know work working with somebody else about you know even if, even if not necessarily working straight away with somebody else sort of bouncing the ideas off another coach what do you think I'm seeing? I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking of that, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that. Um, so, yeah, very much it's sort of, yeah, I, say I consider myself a really reflective person. I try not to jump to immediate decisions and conclusions. Um, obviously, sometimes you, you need to make immediate decisions or whatever about things, but uh, where I can, I like to take my time and get, get it right. But, but uh, yeah, and I suppose is that also an element of experimentation? You've said there about making mistakes. I, I, I think it, if we're open as a coach that we know we're going to make mistakes, 
but we're not fearful of them if they're if they're well if they're well informed if we're trying to we're trying to make progress um rather than doggedly sticking to a plan um so have you any other you mentioned some mistakes there i'm sure there's been one or two other ones any other standout mistakes that you, that you, that you reflect back on and think that was a key learning for me um I guess oh, I've had it where I've, I've um, focused too much on one thing in a, in a plan, and uh, yeah, as a whole, it wasn't. It's it's always difficult because when you look talking about long term development of an athlete, you know there are, there are different ways you can do it. You know, I remember starting with one athlete and saying, "Right, we need to build you up. We need to get you in the gym and build you up, to make you physically stronger in order to be able to do a lot of the other things we want to do." Um, and saying to them, well, and they said, well, you know, what, how are we going to do that? So, well, there's almost a choice here. We can, we can almost stop paddling for a year and just get the gym and get it done in a year, or we spread it out over three years or more uh, and make the gains that way. So it's always difficult because you're always trying to make gains. And, and as I said, perhaps in that respect, I emphasise too much on one thing, but as a long-term thing it perhaps wasn't such a bad thing because that development of that part has come on a long way and was able to keep growing so i guess that's possibly one of the key things that makes it uh okay or not as bad as it could have been is that we were still at least making progress in that area um you know it would have been worse if we'd have totally flatlined or even yeah, yeah. you know that would have been really bad but um it's just it's one of those difficult things you have to, you have to make as a coach when uh, I think it's it's one of the difficult things about the pressure to perform sometimes I think for um, for, for athletes that you can end up chase end up chasing short-term goals in order to be able to perform mm -hmm. and, and, and you know um, stopping your long-term progression from going to where it could go and that, that, I suppose that is a, a challenge of all competitive sport, isn't it? That you, you the, the, I suppose the athlete wants to be involved in that sport. They want to be racing because that's what they, like you said, that's what they, they enjoy, what you enjoyed about it. And you want to keep developing, but you've also maybe got distant goals that, that, that you're working towards. And getting that balance right, that priority in the training programs can be quite, it's a delicate balance, isn't it? In, in that you've got to, Think about the psychology, the motivation of the athlete to keep them engaged, the ownership of it. They know that they're buying into that program and uh, I might do this, but I might not get the return for a year. That's actually quite a quite. In a, and, and with younger athletes, that that feels like forever away, doesn't it? A year can be, can be forever. Yeah, no, definitely. That's that's right. And I think that for me, the key thing is my coaching is that it's the uh, and I say as much as I can is that it's, it's the athlete's journey it's it's their it's their time it's their career it's not mine I had my go and uh, you know it's my job now to help them achieve their goals targets um, and the only thing I can do like any coach can do is to try and give the best advice you can or seek the best advice you can um, for your for your athletes and uh, and then help them develop so they can make the decisions themselves, make, be, uh, take that ownership of what it is they want. So, so if, we, um, if we go a little bit back on your journey, so you started coaching, uh, you picked up those juniors, you were 
coaching some successful juniors. How did how did you end up on the world class program? What, what was the because you're actually now you're coaching kayak predominantly on, on the world class program. So what was the how did how did you I've got a little lost link there somewhere, but you picked up some juniors when you first retired and and, and that's what, how did you end up as a world class program coach? Yeah, so off the back of the juniors, I um, in the canoe, I took them through to senior canoe and uh, I then got approached by kayak paddlers, local kayak paddlers, to ask if I'd help them, um, which I did. Um, uh, and, uh, and it just developed on from there and I sort of I'd help paddlers out and then I I um, obviously had the one paddler that I'm probably most well known for at the moment, who, um, you know, we developed through the, into the under 23 team and the senior team. Um, and uh, I just became involved, I guess, with the team through my work with him. And uh, But this was why you were, you were still had a day job and you were coaching this was yeah. around the day job. <clears throat> yeah, I had the day job, but then. Um, just the conversations with uh, the people at British Canoeing and um, they seemed keen to have me involved and, and then a role came up, so I applied. I thought, oh, well, let's go for it. Um, my children had grown up, so <laughs> there wasn't the sort of the need for me to be around so much. So um, I thought I had the time, I could make the commitment. So what would you say is the, the difference of being a like a full-time coach on the program? What what how does that differ? Is there any, any anything differ there? Any pros or cons? Um <laughs> lots of pros and cons, isn't there? I mean, um I guess one of the things I want to get involved was, was I felt I could make a I could help develop athletes and I felt I could make a difference if I was part of the team. Um, you know, uh, on the on the with with the team, you know, with the Great Britain team. Um, also, there was a chance to sort of perhaps try and influence things in in, in directions that I felt that we needed to go as a, as a as a program. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, and that has to be tinged with you know the fact that everybody has their own ideas as to how things should be done, but. Um, I consider myself a team player and, you know, listens. And I think probably when I was the first, certainly for the first year I was a part of it, I just listened. I listened to what people had to say. And I've always done that out in the community as well. When I've been chatting to other club coaches when I was a club coach and I've continued to try and chat to other club coaches in the role I've been in just to find out what people, other people think and, and their thoughts on how we should do things. So, um, so what, what would you and it, and make like, an informed decision, should we say? If, if you were if you were just explaining a little maybe about the high performance environment. So so how does you know in terms of the because there's support staff available, how how does that um because you sound to me like you like that collaboration in terms of getting everybody's um uh, knowledge, opinion expertise and then shaping that with the athlete to, to benefit them is does that full-time role in the high in the high performance environment allow you to do that does that really allow you to to draw on all those that expertise it does yeah it's all it's there to be to be accessed uh, i mean my athletes are generally uh called the out well they're the outer lying 
athletes, so they're not based at Nottingham, they're based elsewhere. Um, it makes things a little bit more difficult, but um, yeah, I'm able to access that and get the support I need and, and the information. And I think part of the thing about being a, a coach, I think, at this level is that you've got to have, you've got to be able to listen to people and you've got to seek advice and get help from people. But I think part of it is as, an, as a coach, you need to have the not some knowledge you need to be almost a jack of all trades um, so that you can take in that information uh, uh, and decipher it what, for what's best for your individual athlete for each athlete you're then working with. Um, I think that that's, I, I see that as an important thing and that's sort of, I draw upon my experience as a paddler, my experience as being a sports science lecturer, because that's what I ended up doing as a job. Um, and using that, using that to help, you know, me understand what the sports scientists are saying to me. So, you know, what this strength and conditioning coach, coach is saying, what the sport, sports psych saying, what the data guy is saying, uh, you know, and helping me to be able to take that information and pass it on to the athletes as best as possible. Uh, uh, what's coming across to me as well is that, that there's that constant learning that, that you said there, you need to be bit of a jack of all trades in 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 some of the areas obviously very specialist knowledge in other areas but also accepting that there's more to learn uh, and maybe that's a key uh, i don't want to put words into your mouth but maybe a key behavior of a of a, of a coach is to keep that learning part of your brain open <laughs> and that i don't know yeah. there's always more to learn yeah definitely yeah because there's no point in having these sort of these sports science advisors and people, but if you don't understand it as a coach, how are you possibly going to, what I always think, how are you going to pass it on to your athletes? So if what they say confuses me, how am I going to expect the athlete to understand it? And how am I going to, you know, give the athlete the best they can? Um, so yeah, there's, there's a, yeah, as you say, there's, there's got to be a constant learning and checking of your knowledge and information. Um, Cause it's a, for me, it's a changing picture. Um, when I go but think back to sort of certainly when I was paddling, um, there was a much more of a, a crossover between sprint and marathon. Um, and um, it's almost, you could do that to a certain extent, but I think the events have almost changed to a certain extent. The Even the thousand meters has become a much more powerful event. You look at the look at the sh shape and physique of the athletes paddling now. And look at them now compared to when I was when I was racing. There's a there's a marked difference for me from what I'm seeing, and then there's a marked difference in the way they're racing. Okay, so that's kind of maybe been a bit of an evolution, uh, as as with all as with all yeah, as with everything, as with everything, everything evolves and specialises, knowledge is progresses, and we kind of go. Uh, particularly, you know, coming from Paris, because there's going to be uh, a greater emphasis on 500 meter distance, isn't there, for 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 the, uh, the crew boats? So actually, that's even further away than than some of the longer distance racing. You know, 500 meters yeah. relatively, you know, short compared to some marathon distances. So if you were, if somebody was uh, interested, thinking like, I quite like a job like you've got. <laughs> what would be your advice to you know, a, a, either a uh, an athlete who's who's racing now and 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 is thinking post career, I'd probably like to be 
involved in coaching what would be your advice to 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 replace you down the line so somebody <laughs> coming down the line and be the next Andy P I think the the thing is it's uh, a strong the strong base of knowledge mm -hmm. um, and then an experience of lots of different sorts of paddlers yeah I've done canoe and kayak but I think it's benefited the three things you can take you can learn from one that helps the other for me. Um, so I think that, and along with the, the acceptance that um, you've got to be a team player, you've got to work as a team. You can't be, you can't be an individual. You can't be the one person that um, you know is going to solve it all because that just doesn't work. And, and for, you know, there's there's lots of people out there that do fantastic jobs and I think they don't get enough credit at times. The fantastic jobs in the clubs that develop those beginner athletes into, into what allows us to, to take them on in under 23 into senior. Um, yeah. So that ability to work as a team, I think, and acknowledge other people in there. And I always think that that the, the as a coach, we're only part of that journey. You talk about the athlete journey. Wherever we are, we're only part of that journey. We might be the the early days of really inspiring and helping them to develop that love of paddle sport, and 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 then being quite happy to to be that role and moving them on. And then somebody else maybe taking them there, and and somebody else just finishing the job, you know. And and they're there because all the other people were successful before them. I think that's. That's really the, 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 for me, a really important part of, of being a coach is that you're supporting the athlete on their journey more so than it's my athlete and I'm going to take them to the end. <laughs> it's yeah, a, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you think it's best for the athlete. Yeah, definitely. I know I always think about it almost in, uh, you know, if you were to go to the, uh, <laughs> to see the nurse at your doctor's about something and she thought there was something wrong with you that required surgery, you wouldn't want the nurse to do the surgery. But however, they've done a valuable job in spotting that. that they pass you on to a doctor mm -hmm. that will do something else. And then eventually your surgeon will do the job, will do the, the final bit. And while that's the, you know, the, that while that you could be, could be seen as the most important bit, you know, that wouldn't happen without those other bits happening. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So the other thing that comes across me there, you've coached in quite a few different contexts. So we go back to this development you know this developing coach the, the 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 athlete looking at retiring or the or the person looking to get into coaching so if you is that been a big benefit to you coaching it sounds like you've coached in lots of different contexts and lots of different settings so you know from your scouts through to the club to to remote athletes that are spread over the country to you know a high performance center so all, all that must have been learning in all of that yeah yeah, yes, very much so, very much so, yeah, even right back to that sort of young person helping out with teaching scouts to canoe, it was, you know, it was all, all helped, it's all helped shape me, I think, and helped me to, to, as I say, see that everyone's an individual and that um, people do things at different times, right back as a beginner, like I said, I managed to pick up going in the straight line, straight away, other people are going around in circles and you get that, in a group of 10 kids you're looking after some, some of them will some of them won't some of them will take longer on some bits some will take longer on other bits and it's i think it's helped me to understand that a that you know even at the level i'm now coaching at people are developing at different levels and in especially in under 23 
five years is a massive gap from being a, a junior international or perhaps not even being a junior international, but developing on as a late developer as some of my paddlers have been, you know, to uh, under 23 success. It's a, it is a massive gap. Yeah, um, there's, there's a lot happens in those five years, isn't it? It's a young people's lives with university, work, all sorts of things happening. Just pretty, pretty critical uh, uh, development time that. So um, just just before we, we kind of we're looking kind of coming towards where, where next. But um, so you said there wasn't a lot of coaching. You weren't exposed to a lot of coaching when you were younger. Uh, so where did was there any other coaches that you've spent time with that that, that where you learned some of this knowledge because i'm kind of curious to know if you just a, a mel have you just like been a melting pot from lots of different people is there any key people that you remember learning more from or, or has it just been a drip 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 from lots of different areas it's just been a thing a drip 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 from lots of areas um yeah. to be honest within canoeing and outside of canoeing um i've tried to be involved in in various coaching forums through you know there's uk coaching more recently through and through British canoeing um but going back uh when i was first coaching the juniors I, there was a local scheme that brought together coaches from other sports that i got offered and i, I leapt at that opportunity um so uh yeah I, I, and i'm just Constantly, as I say, I'm a thoughtful sort of person. I tend to listen, listen, think, absorb it. Perhaps come back with some questions, um, and I'm just yeah, I'll listen, listen to everybody and anybody. <laughs> I, I was just to say for me, that's one of the crucial aspects of being a coach, isn't the ability just to talk? It's the ability to listen. Uh, you know, Definitely, yeah, and I, it's one of the things I always say about um, communicating it to people, whether it be athletes, other coaches, or whatever the. And, and I always say to my athletes is, uh, if you don't understand something, it's not your fault, it's my fault. Because mm -hmm. the important thing is that the, is what the listener hears, not what I say. Yeah. Um, so. it, it, it's funny because it, it, quite often in a, in a coaching role, we, we get into that uh, transmit mode. I often talk about transmit mode. We can be on transmit mode quite a lot and maybe not too much on receive. And we yeah. need to make sure that we are between both otherwise it's a uh, it's not that two-way process that you described right from the beginning yeah definitely. so what's it what's in the near future andy so what's 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 coming up what's what's the rest of your well let's let's hope the rest of your your year is in like or, or, and, and beyond what what's what's the future holding for andy uh, it's a bit mixed i mean hopefully we'll, we might get some international competition at this year at some point but i guess in my in my role it's um Trying to get in place a, a good structure for the under 23s. I think we perhaps haven't quite got it right in the past. Um, there's been a sort of the rush to get onto program, uh, which has required results, which has forced people to focus on competition, competition, competition. And I think for me, there's a development uh, element to this under 23 five years. And I'd like to see the first couple of years being used or development rather than you know if people are ready to race then they should go racing and i think people need to have the opportunity to race in that in those first couple of years but it needs to be an appropriate level mm -hmm. um so I, I think there's some exploring for me to do there around some of the um I guess smaller international regattas that take place in europe 
as to you know our involvement but try and get some involvement there provide some opportunities at the right level for the athletes as they develop in those in through that time i think alongside that is following the uh, sprint strategy re review um the it's been identified that actually the, the rush to Nottingham isn't perhaps the greatest thing for a lot of athletes. Some it might work, for lots of others it might not, and we need to be providing something for those athletes that don't want to come from Nottingham because they want to go to a different university or they want to stay at home and work. Uh, and it's how we capture and develop on that talent as well. Um, so there's a there's a uh, it's in consultation at the moment about developing some academies that are likely to be out in the community in various places around the country. So to develop some academies. So it'll be part of our role is going to be establishing those and then helping those get started and, and to operate at the best possible way. Mm -hmm. Sounds like there'll be lots of chance for more learning as well there. We've been integrating with even more people. And uh, definitely, definitely yeah. Both ways, isn't it? I'm going to need lots of support and help from people. So yeah, uh, so you do come forward, please, and, and come and chat to me um, and give me your thoughts. Well, that seems like a perfect place for us to draw a line under there, Andy. So thanks for your time, mate. That was uh, it was interesting for me. So the, the journey, the journey from a, a unfortunately retired early athlete through to a to a head coach the under twenty three program. So uh, I wouldn't say that's been a particularly straight line journey. It's been it's been uh, very varied. And I suppose there's a lesson in there for all of us, isn't there, about athlete journeys are very varied as well. And, and, and maybe we need to reflect how we support them on that varied journey rather than expecting them to, to get on the tram tracks and go in a straight line <laughs> the way maybe it has been at times. Well, yeah. uh, Andy, um, uh, um, well, I'll, I'll see you at the regatta this weekend. <laughs> Thanks. Cheers, mate. Cheers.